When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. The dulcet tones of Dennis Cometti talking about Josh Kennedy. And Josh joins us on the line now. Thanks to New Farm Galaxy for flexible broadleaf weed control. You choose New Farm Galaxy. Josh, not sure what you choose for your weed control, but welcome to the show. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Uh, there's, there's plenty of walk-away burr up here, which is um, quite annoying for the dogs. So it's, um, I need to find something to be able to get rid of that. It's um, double G country up there too, isn't it? You get a few of them? It, yeah, it is a bit. It is a bit. There is a bit out there. But, um, but yeah, the, the burr is yeah, something that um, is hard to get rid of and it, it travels uh, everywhere and that's why they call it walk-away burr. So it's, um, it's everywhere up here, but it's all right. We'll get through. Josh, how many times did you play at the SCG? Oh, I was thinking about this um, uh, last night. Uh, I don't know how many times I played, but I don't, I don't think I won there. I didn't win a game against Sydney. Um, I think the only win we've really had with at the SCG was that one against Carlton um, when we had to play there. But um, but yeah, against Sydney, I don't think um, I don't think I've ever won there. There and and, and down in Geelong. So how tough is it and why is it so tough? Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, you talk about travel, um, you talk about Sydney and the way they have been over the last, you know, um, kind of decade or so. They've been quite quite a strong team, always have been a pretty strong team. Um, and I think that the ground, the, the size of the ground um, does throw you a bit, um, you know, but there's, there's, there's plenty of excuses that you can come, come up with. But I, I just think that, um, yeah, Sydney, over the course of, over the time that, that I've played, have always had a little bit of dominance over us. Um, you know, we've been able to match them at home, um, but um, it just seems to be when we're at their home, um, yeah, we haven't, um, haven't, haven't been able to sneak that win. So what's required as a power forward playing deep at the SCG? What have you got to do differently because the game, uh, because the ground is shorter? Yeah, well, the, the ball can move pretty quick in transition, um, as you see what Sydney do. And um, being able to hold a bit of length, I think, as, as, as a forward. And, you know, the centre-half forward position where you are up um, around the wings, it, it's just a lot of patience, I think, with the, because... As the ball unfolds, especially rebounding off half back, before you know it, you can you can be well in front of it, or um, you know it's, it's probably the times where we do get a release player, and then there's that that little handball that you don't pick up on, and and once that line's broken, um, pretty much if you're in that that centre half forward position, um, it, it's it's pretty hard to get a kick because you're too on top of the footy, so. Yeah, it, it, it can be quite difficult, I think, as a, as, as a tall forward um, if you are playing kind of that mid kind of range. But, um, yeah, it's it, it's just patience. It's patience and when the game's uh, up and about and the energy's there and you've got your opponent you're trying to work off and you're trying to read the play, sometimes, yeah, you know, you're on top of that footy pretty quick. So 
It may be a chance for Jack Darling this weekend. The Swans are struggling a bit for tall defenders. They lack a bit of experience. Yeah. They lack a bit of a height at the back. Jack's been struggling to to get amongst it. He obviously had still probably had a sore arm when they played Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. Is this a chance for him to get involved and maybe get some form back? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a chance for everyone um, to get in form every game, every week. You know, you come in and um, you want to be able to perform your best and, and put into practice uh, what you've been training. So, um, yeah, you look at, uh, I suppose, Sydney currently at the moment with their undersized defence. Um, you know, the ball can be inside 50 pretty quick. So um, it's about, I suppose, him and Oscar working really well together because that's another thing. You can get in each other's space really quick, you know, from smalls and talls. So, um, them working together, um, in sync, having your smalls, making sure that they're um, they're playing their role um, when those inside fifties come in to, to, I suppose, get some efficiency in it. So it's um, you know Jack has performed well against Sydney over over many years. So um, you know hopefully he can start to take a few clones and um, get that confidence back in that arm and um, and kick some goals for us. So players at. West Coast are finding weird and wonderful ways to get injured and ill and unavailable. <laughs> and the the last one is Jake Waterman, who's picked up some sort of stomach infection and, and spent a fair chunk of his break in, in hospital. Have you spoken to Jake? And, and um, if you have, how is he? What do you know about his condition? No, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't uh, got hold of him. But uh, I did obviously send him a text um, the other week just in regards to him being pulling out of that game. And, um, yeah, obviously a bit of sickness there. And, and uh, it's been a, been a few this year where, the, um, I suppose, it's gone from just being something small to, to something that's quite, quite major. And a few guys have to be in hospital, whether it's been from cuts or surgeries or um, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, obviously with Jake, um, especially this time with, with, I think, you know, if you were the, the batsman we've had out, he would have been perfect to slip into that role. And, and obviously we struggled against Adelaide with, with filling that position of, of someone being down there. So, um, but hopefully this week, you know, I think Barras, Hearn and Duggan, um, you know, hopefully we'll all be back. Maybe not Bunga, but yeah, at least Barras and, and Duggan, I'm pretty sure will Hopefully we'll be back playing this week. So Ryan Merrick kicked two goals against Adelaide. This is a shorter ground. We've talked about the specific challenge that this ground poses. Would you go with him again or would you give him some waffle time given that you might be getting some players back? Um, look, I, I think if you go on um, performance and uh, I suppose the, the impact he had um, kind of the team, um, you know, he played his role. Um, so to be rewarded for that, um, I think that, you know, he, he definitely he has earned his spot um, in, in, in keeping that. So it, it just it depends on the, the, the mix match and um, I suppose the the players that they want playing on each other and, and things like that. But um, oh, I think he's, he's fully in a spot to be able to continue playing um, and, yeah, not have to go back to the waffle. You weren't involved in too many unsuccessful seasons at West Coast. Generally speaking, the team was in the mix to play finals or playing finals. But when a team is struggling like West Coast have been struggling, how do you use the mid-season break to try and reset and generate some confidence and momentum going into the second half of the season? Yeah, well, um, obviously I've had a, a few that's uh, been down the bottom end and, and looking like probably not playing finals. There's been a few where you're in contention and, and still a chance and there's others where you, you, you know you're definitely 
in the mix and playing finals. But the mid-season uh, kind of break is, is always used for going back to stats and, um, you know, the messaging that's been consistent, not only with Simo, but with um, Bush over the time, is is trying to find those marginal gains. So, um, you know, stats since the first half of the year and inside 50s, you know, the ranked 18th, disposals 14th, get outs 15th, clearances 15th, contested possession 18th, metres gain 18th. So, right down the bottom, which obviously reflects where you're on the ladder. So looking at how, um, uh, I suppose, who's 17th, who's 14th, and seeing the difference and, and looking at the averages and going, OK, well, how do we get uh, two more inside 50s per quarter? How do, how do we get a few more hit-outs through Bailey or through Craft? How do we um, main possession of uh, keep possession of the footy and then being able to, <clears throat> I suppose, that win that contested footy and then you break all those stats down into your training and you work on the drills that you want to do and um, obviously moving into each game you can then start to track whether you um you know you are making those marginal gains from training so even though finals is is not in contention um the back end of the year becomes really important i think from improving as one and and getting those little gains um to keep that belief going and to keep that kind of purpose um, yeah, in, in, in why you're playing football. So uh, I have no doubt that yeah, Simo would have gone through um, those stats and they wouldn't have been pretty. Um, but then working on um, a plan and a process to be able to get just a few extra every game just to kind of tick that up. And hopefully, you know, you, you go from 18th to 16th or 18th to 15th, you know, depending on uh, how the games go. If you could choose one thing that they could fix and be significantly better on, and only one thing between now and the end of the season, what would it be? What what part of their game do you think most needs improvement? Yeah, I, you always come back to the contest, and that's, that's the biggest part of football is your, is your contested possession. And um, the craft, um, I suppose, the players that are around the footy and being able to win that footy from inside to out. Um, you know, inside 50s for us is hasn't been great and, and we've got guys like Oscar and Jack, um, you know, who, who, who are quality forwards who, who do need the supply, but it's about making sure that footy can transition in there and the contested possession is, is something that is always, always a massive part of the game and, you know, having your mids, um, one, having your main mids playing, but having the guys keep working on their craft around that contested possession and being able to uh, hold that footy in and um, being able to re- release it at the, at, at the perfect time and, and having that support around the contest because um, that's one thing that obviously West Coast have struggled with this year is, is winning that contested footy in. And uh, being able to happen is the, the opposition have won it, gone from inside out pretty quick. And, and that transition of footy is... is, is really hurt them on the back end. So um, the contested side of the game, which sounds so boring, um, but it's, it's, it's vital uh, to be able to get that, get that footy in your forward half and keep it in there. What sort of balance would you be looking for in terms of how many kids play every week, particularly given that we're starting to hear that Jeremy McGovern's pretty close, Shannon Hearn's pretty close. Hearing Jamie Cripps is not too far away either, so that's, that's, really, yeah. that's really good news. But... Like I'm fascinated with, say, let's say a, a young bloke like Campbell Chesser. To me, he just needs to play, and it doesn't really matter where, yeah. as long as he's playing. Um, how would you seek to, to to structure the balance between getting games into kids, but not having so many kids out there that uh, that that it a makes your AFL 
team hard to compete and B, makes your waffle team hard to compete as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we always want that 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 mix on, um, you know, making sure you, you've got the, I suppose, the best guys out there on the park, but then also being able to give some experience, knowing that um, the kids, the young kids, are going to be a part of, um, I suppose, yeah, the club for for a long time. And you probably look at so the guys who, who haven't played this year in 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 Burgell and um, Juar and Baker, um, you know, Jackie Williams, Barnett, um, Izzy Winder. You know they'll probably just consistently stay um, in, in in the waffle this year, and um, I don't think there's any any reason to expose any of them. But the guys who have played in, uh, obviously Jimby will keep playing. You know Elijah Hewitt, um, uh, Chessa, and then you have kind of the guys that have been there a couple of years. You know with with True, um, Edwards, and and Bazo, um, O'Neill, um, Hoff, and you know were already consistently playing, being able to just keep playing them in positions and, and they've been holding their own, you know what I mean? Um, besides probably a couple of younger guys in chess on the wing, he's, he's been working his way into it, but um, giving them the exposure um, to be able to just play um, is, is a big one, um, whether it's Waffle or AFL, you know, um, for, for the guys that, um, that aren't holding their position, you know, you, you probably want to be paying playing um, the best guys um, out there and, and giving those guys just a crack and being able to just keep playing footy. Tom Barris, there's been talk that maybe he's one that could go up for trade and, and maybe reap a bit of a draft harvest for, for West Coast. Surely, if you're West Coast, you're not letting Tom Barris go after contracting him in oh, 2027. Surely, surely. I don't know. I don't know if TB will want to move anywhere else, but because um, he's um, he's quite settled in, uh, in in where he is with his contract, his footy, um, his life, and um, his kids and family. So I wouldn't I wouldn't think that um, that TB would get up and go. And I don't think West Coast would let him go. But obviously, in terms of a player and the caliber he is, he's he's got some pretty good value. Um, he's a great player, um, and he's still young. Um, as well, he's got he's got many more year, years ahead of him. But you know, I suppose those decisions will come down. I couldn't see West Coast letting Tom Barras, the best and fairest player, go, and I, I couldn't see Tom. Um, you know, the way he is in his character of a man and and what he's he's done in his career and and now entrenching himself in the walls at West Coast. Um, you know, as a possible leader of the footy club, um, I think um, I think he'll be in for the fight to be able to steer the club. You know, out of out of this pit that they're in. Yeah, it's a fascinating thing when you um, when you're down where they are, aren't you? Because it, there's there's a lot of media covering AFL. I think there's there's a lot more journo's that cover it than there are actually players that play it. And everyone's got to talk. Everyone's got to talk about something. But that one, when I read that one, I thought um, I'm bloody sure there's a contract there until 2027 somewhere. So, um, yeah, 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 the conversations would, you know, probably warranted. You know, if if if, if people are looking externally into West Coast and that's from media and other clubs going like, you know, they're, they're not really in a great position now. There's probably players that don't want to be playing. And then you look at the players that have good value and and and, and are still young that can have, you know, big impacts on games. You know, Tom Barras' name is probably the one that they're, they're probably floated with. So whether those conversations are happen, I, I just can't see them going any more than, than an initial email or initial um, call or contact to West Coast because I reckon the, the phone would hang up pretty quick. Jamie Cripps, as we mentioned earlier in this conversation, we're hearing he's well ahead of schedule. You, he's a good Northampton boy like yourself. What are you hearing about Cripper and how soon could we see him? 
Yeah, well, Cripper's always pretty resilient in, in his body. Um, you know, in this break, he's um, he's been back running. Um, you know, and, and and you know, his fitness has never really been an issue for Cripper. It's just about, I suppose, playing and and being in, in game scenarios. So um, I have no doubt. You know, he's worked. Um, you know, pretty hard to to maintain that fitness that he's always had. Um, he'll be really diligent in in his rehab, um, being able to. I suppose get strength back in that bone, that leg, and every all the muscles around it that have probably been depleted uh, while he's been in a boot and um, on crutches. So um, he's someone who's always uh, you know ready to go and ready to play, and has been able to fast track himself um, because of the durability that he's had. But um, you know it's just going to uh, I suppose come down to the match scenario stuff, which you know for him and probably where the boys are at, they probably haven't been able to do much. Um, in terms of their main training because of the numbers that are that are on the track and they'll start to be able to do a bit more match play. Um, so could be someone who I don't think they'd run through the waffle, um, especially where we are at the moment. He'll probably do um, a big, big chunk of training um, in terms of game volume type running um, and then, yeah, and then come, come straight back in when he's ready. Just a text coming through on the temperate bedshed text line from Noddy. Um, Ask Simo on the West Coast website has confirmed Ryan Marrick will play this weekend. So there you go. He's going to be beautiful. There you off. go. I should be a coach. You should be. Yep. Yep. Well, you <laughs> don't speak too soon. You might be pretty soon. <laughs> somewhere. Maybe up there in the in the great Northern Football League, sort of uh, yeah. trying try to tell yeah. Harry Taylor what to do. I <laughs> uh, can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> All right, Josh, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Do you think they can win this weekend? Uh, look, it's going to be a tough, tough task, and you know, um, Swans at the SCG um, in in previous years, and and I suppose where the where the club is at the moment, it's going to be a really tough issue. But all we can ask for as a fan base is that that effort, um, that intent, um, and I think you know, from hopefully they've gone through a bit of the stats and, and getting those marginal gains. Um, hopefully they see some improvement, and it just has to be a little bit, and you know, you're in, heading in the right direction. So um, yeah, it should be good. Josh, thanks so much for joining us on the show today and uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks, mate. There's Josh Kennedy, West Coast Eagles legend, AFL life member. He joins us every Tuesday morning thanks to New Farm Galaxy. And New Farm Galaxy is the flexible tank mix partner to control broadleaf weeds. What do you think about anything Josh has had to say? You can have your say on the Temperate Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736 or you can call us on the open line on 13 12 55. We'll be back with more after the break.